Okay, next on our agenda, we have uh, a guy named Eric Michaels. He and his family have been a member of this church for uh, many years. And just a couple Sundays ago, Eric uh, stood before our congregation on a Sunday morning and uh, gave his testimony. And it was, um, it was brief at the time. And so we're going to give him some extra time to flesh out the details a little more. But uh, it was a very courageous step for him to share that with our congregation. And it's a courageous step for him this morning to share this with you. So, Eric, we look forward to hearing from you. Come on forward. Thanks, Pastor Bob. So I want to come to you this morning with my story. And five years ago... He was referring to how long this conference has been going on, but I think it's been going on six years. But five years ago, I was seated, I was seating, uh, sitting right there in that same seat as I did today, and my heart was racing. I was breaking out a cold sweat. I was thinking that all the eyes in this room were looking right at me, and I had to tell myself, just like she did. Breathe, Eric, breathe. But now they know. You see, like Pastor Bob said, I'm a member of this church. And in 2014, when the information came out about this conference, I knew I had to attend because pornography was destroying my life. I first encountered pornography in the form of the Playboy magazine when I was 13 years old, and this was pre-internet. The magazine, it was in the back room in an area where I worked at during the summer as a teenager. And the older adults there didn't seem to mind that I was looking at the images that they were looking at. The images amazed me. I hadn't seen images like these before in my entire life. And growing up, like we all do, we have groups of friends that we associate with. And I found out very early with these groups of friends that my ideas and opinions and my voice didn't really seem to matter. And I was quite, uh, I was shut down quite often by them. So I figured if I wanted to be accepted by these people, I basically had to become a follower. I didn't want to make any waves and I kind of kept to myself. But then in high school, I got to the point where I kind of figured out I was being used and that these friends could care less about me or what I had to say and I wasn't good enough for them. So having dealt with this most of my childhood, I made the decision, and it was a tough one, that I decided to sever all relationships, not just with them, but in people in general. So where did that leave me? Isolated and alone. By age 15, then, this brand new thing, the information superhighway, or World Wide Web, or the Internet as we know it was born. In my family, my dad, due to his job, had some of the latest and greatest computers, and we were always surrounded with computers in my household. So now the computer became my new friend. It accepted me, I was in control of it, and I became very good at using it. But from those images in Playboy magazine, the internet gave me a different source of visual stimulus, and then my addiction took shape. I was now living two different lives. The one life is the life that you see right with your own eyes looking at me right now, and if you were to know me, you would think everything was going my way. But the other life was the life that was hidden in secret and shame behind closed doors with my computer, and it was the way that I found to escape from the world because the computer accepted me 
and I was in control of it. And then from there, my life stalled. Basically from high school, college, and the next 15 years, it was basically work and porn. I had a great job and I had great people that I worked with in my life, but I hardly did anything social outside of work because I had lost trust in people and I didn't want to be used again and face that pain. I would come home from work and get up right onto my computer and spend hours upon hours looking at pornography. And I did this every day. Every day. So now we fast forward to November of 2014. I had now been in my addiction for 25 years, and then the Pornified Conference comes along. At this point in my addiction, I knew something was wrong. I was tired of being addicted and had been, tried many times to stop without any success. I said to myself, I had a really strong willpower to refuse other things in my life, but why couldn't I stop this? And during the conference, one of the speakers indicated there was a group that was called Peer Desire. And this was a recovery group for people who were addicted to pornography, and it was going to be held at my church. So I attended my first group in February of 2015. I was now finally in a place with other guys where I could be open and honest about my struggles and not looked down upon or judged. I finally had a group of people who accepted me for who I was and was interested in what I had to say. So I said to myself, my recovery has finally started, or so I thought. But after attending my peer desire group for one year, even though I noticed that my daily interactions with pornography had decreased, I would still get triggered and looked at porn, and for the most part, I was still trying to win this battle by myself. I finally realized that the peer desire group I was attending was a good start, but I had to take another step to kick my recovery into high gear. And that is where Light Source Counseling and Sexual Addictions Counselor Lisa Ferguson entered the picture. So my first meeting with Lisa was on October 5th, 2016. Now along with my peer desire group, I had someone else that I could be open and honest with about my addiction. And the first year I spent with Lisa, she basically, we looked into the person that I had abandoned for the last 25 years, and that was me. I had given myself so much to other people and to my job, I basically lost the ability to live my life. I didn't know how. As Lisa mentioned earlier, she gave me the task to be free of pornography for 90 days. So I was a perfectionist, so I was like, sure, I made it through 90 days. In fact, I made it 142 days. But then I relapsed. When that happened, I felt awful. I felt shamed. I said I was a failure. I'm never going to break free of this addiction. What next? So I reported to Lisa what happened. Lisa, I have failed. Now what? And she looked at me and said, you've been addicted to pornography for 25 years, and you think you want to fix it in six months? So from that statement, I realized I still had a lot of work to do, but I was going to adopt a new attitude in my recovery. If I slipped, instead of just giving up as I had done many years before, I was going to take a new approach. I was just going to get back up, dust myself off, and keep fighting. So that's what I did. So in my first year with Lisa, I did have a number of slip-ups. But the biggest change that I noticed, as she mentioned, is my damaged brain actually started to repair itself. 
didn't think it could happen. I finally started to understand myself and began to take the steps to live the life that the Lord had planned for me. And speaking of the Lord, he was the final piece of my puzzle and the most important for me. I accepted Jesus Christ as my savior in junior, as I was a junior in high school. But also at that same time, as I just mentioned, that's when my addiction had taken root and was growing. Part of me thought, yes, I have Jesus in my life and this will make things better. The only problem with that was I couldn't get out of the, my own way in my life and let Jesus show me the life he had made for me. I would ask the Lord many times, why are you making me suffer like this? Why am I in this addiction? Why do I have this? He didn't reveal that answer until a couple years ago, which you'll hear a little bit. But I do have a scripture verse that I have right in my apartment that I look at every day, and it's from 1 Corinthians 10.13, and it states, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Did you hear that last part, a way out? For me, this conference gave me the way, I was, way out I was looking for. It introduced me to the Pure Desire group and to Lisa, and from there, I'm actually now leading a Pure Desire group of my own. This is coming from a person who was a follower his whole life, and I'm now a leader in this fight. So let me reassure you, help is out there. And like me, you will need help in your battle. No one can win this battle alone. No one can. Even though I am on my, by myself on this stage, I am not alone in my fight. My fellow warriors in recovery are out there, some even in this audience. We are winning this battle together, but if you are suffering, you need to join us. This is war. This is really war, and we need soldiers as pornography is destroying lives. I'm seeing it doing that every day. But before I conclude, I wanted to give you a recap, share you where my recovery journey has taken me. I started recovery four years ago, and one of my exercises was to list things that I thought about myself. So four years ago, here was my list. I can't trust anybody. My voice doesn't matter. I am not good enough, and I will be alone forever. After being in a pure desire group for four years and counseling with Lisa for three, my list has changed. I can trust people. I have a voice and can use it. I am enough, and I have found people who love me and care about me. My battle has become easier, but recovery never stops. It is one day at a time. As Lisa mentioned, transforming your life and your mind takes time. But I'm proud to tell everybody on this stage that as of today, I have two years of sobriety from pornography. <laughs> So back to my questions that I asked the Lord many years ago. Why am I suffering and why do I have this addiction? And here was the answer that he revealed to me. He said, I know, Eric, 
I am giving you the strength to overcome this addiction and I am going to use you to be my instrument to stand on the stage to tell you that help is out there, there are people who care about you, and recovery is possible, but it all starts with you making the biggest decision of your life to ask for help just like I did. So please, I implore you to make that choice today if you are suffering so that one day you may stand on the stage and tell your recovery story. Thank you.